1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest.
0: Hello and welcome to your In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Good company. Hello. How are you? (laughs) We're also here with producer Sash. Hi
1: Sash. She's waving. Mads, you have been sick with COVID over the
0: past week. It's taken you long enough. I know, it's been my first time. I'm a little bit proud of that, I must say. Do you have any stories? Did you sit with your thoughts for too long whilst sitting in your room isolating? I mean, yes, I did have a lot of alone time. Fortunately, I wasn't too sick. I would say I was more just tired. Actually, I have a story for you. I found myself sitting on my phone and I am one of those people who's like an avid notes person like i like i have so many notes in my apple notes
1: like when you find things online you're like oh i want to remind myself
0: yeah, yeah. that or like quotes from podcasts or things from <laughs> books or books i want to read movies i want to watch everything yeah, okay. so i was going through my notes and i was just having a look at some of the things that i've written down it was kind of entertaining to be honest and i found this note that we had done from when we were first starting the podcast brainstorming names for the podcast. Oh my God. And so I want to tell you some of them because they're terrible, but it was really funny. I did have this part of me that was like, should I share this? Cause like, you know, we don't want to give away like our ideas, our internal secrets. Our, exactly. <laughs> However, they are just so bad that there's no way anyone would ever want to hear. Like, well, don't offend anyone. <laughs> Do you want to hear? Yes, of okay. course. The first one, money side up. Can you imagine if we were called that? <laughs>
1: I don't even remember that.
0: The next one is Girl Money Talks. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember (laughs) it was there was a little like indented uh, dot point after and it says punchline and yours won't be saying goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) You learned so
1: much, don't you? you?
0: (laughs) We were definitely trying to be punny, keep the change, losing interest, lending a hand. Like (laughs) they're just so terrible. And I think my favorite one was. Far from clueless. (laughs) What does that even mean? Oh my God. That's actually, you know, making a name for this podcast was actually one
1: of the hardest things I think we've done. Based on those options, I think we did okay. Second hardest
0: thing was choosing the color palette for our logo. That was also very hard. Trying to strike that beautiful balance between like Non like financy, but not leaning too much into femininity. I don't know. Yeah.
1: You know what this reminds me of? You looking at your notes. It reminds me of when you get into like a ten hour plane ride, and you're in hour six, so and you're looking true. through all your photos, yes. and like anything that's in your phone because you don't have Wi Fi. Oh god, it's so boring, but I love it.
0: I love it.
1: It's time for a closer look.
0: So there's been a lot of talk in. The media recently on the news about this big R word, the recession. recession. I know. So today we really want to sit down and have a conversation about what will the recession mean for us Mm. and for our stocks? Yes. So- Rule of thumb, what is a recession? Common rule of thumb is that two quarters or six months of negative GDP means that a country has entered into a recession. That's kind of the unofficial definition.
1: And that sounds like a lot of jargon, but really GDP is kind of just a broad measure of like an economy's health. So it's kind of like, six month period where we're seeing a decline rather than an incline.
0: Yeah. GDP has kind of become a way of like boiling down the whole economy into one number. So when you hear about like the economy has grown or shrunk, that is generally referring to this term GDP.
1: And you know, I was looking into why it's been shrinking over the past couple of quarters, because I was quite interested. And I found this little graph, which I'm definitely going to post on our Instagram. And I found that a lot of the GDP loss was due to businesses selling off a lot of their inventory so like you know over the Christmas period they were buying lots they were buying lots for like stock and because of supply chain issues but now they're kind of prepping themselves for like a bit of a bunker down and they're not as buying as much and that's why it's kind of we're not seeing that economic growth which Mm -hmm. I thought was quite interesting.
0: Yes. I guess it's like, if you think about your local bakery over the Christmas period, they'll be baking loads of bread because lots of people are having parties. They've got Christmas day, but then as time sort of goes on and things slow down a little bit, they would be winding back their production.
1: I love that. Let's talk about pies and sausage rolls. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm seeing from the media is obviously this word recession. Are we actually in a recession?
0: Yeah. So the good news is, is, I mean, number one, this is, this talk is all happening over in the U S And the Fed has come out and said, which is the equivalent of the RBA over in the US, they have come out and said that they don't actually think that we are in a recession. (laughs) Guys, Sasha has new tools and she's very excited. (laughs) How long were you planning that for, Sasha? Just (laughs) then.
1: So if the Fed's saying we're not in a recession, but we've still had those two quarters of negative GDP growth – why are they saying we're not in a recession? Is the definition not like sticky? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that is an excellent point. So the entity that is in charge of actually like calling a recession is the National Bureau of Economic Research over in the US. And generally they don't actually officially call a recession until they have a lot more data. Yeah. And I was reading that they look at
1: other, they don't just look at that GDP decline. They look at, you know, employment and other like data facts that they will kind of create a recession story with it's not just like one hard and fast rule
0: what I found interesting was I listened to a podcast that said it can take them up to 12 months to decide whether we were in a recession or I was like surely that's just too late like hopefully you're out of it by then
1: that means we'd be sitting like literally end of financial year next year, But like, are we, are we, what are we? Oh yeah,
0: back last year, we <laughs> oh, yeah. had a recession. Yep, yep, yep. I remember now. <laughs> but what did happen last week was the US Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, said that two quarters of, in a row of declining GDP was a sign of an inevitable and significant slowdown, but there was still really broad strength in the economy, especially in jobs. So whilst she doesn't completely rule out the possibility of a recession, she really did say that or she did really refuse to accept that we were in one at the moment. Yeah, and I think one thing with that
1: is usually with a recession, you see a higher unemployment rate. And that kind of makes sense, right? Because if a lot of people aren't in jobs, they don't have the money to be spending on things, we see a decline. But at the moment, there's actually quite a stable employment rate. I think it's sitting at something like, 3.2%. 3.2% and that just sounds like jargon but it's a pretty stable number. So that's why I guess the Fed is saying, you know, if you compare it to something like the global financial crisis, unemployment was so high but now it's sitting at a stable rate. So it's making them
0: think a bit more maybe optimistically about it, but they should be cautiously optimistic. <laughs> Agreed. So bringing it back home to Australia now. We are talk we have been talking about the US and I guess the point of that is because The US is a superpower economy and our economies are very interlinked. So what happens over there does tend to have quite a direct flow on link to our situation in Australia. Our inflation rate at the the moment is up around above 6% in the middle of the year. And we have just had our fourth interest rate rise last week.
1: So obviously things like inflation linked to recession because, you know, things get more expensive and interest interest rate hikes are the RBA trying to kind of calm that a little bit. How are you feeling the impact of things like inflation at the moment?
0: Yeah, so I think the first thing that comes to mind is at the supermarket. Mm, Definitely my supermarket shop has gone up, that is for sure. Things like lettuce are through the roof. Never thought that lettuce would be a luxury item when I do my weekly shop. Is there actually one thing that you buy all the time that you've noticed has increased heaps? I'm not gonna lie. I've been doing a lot of milk run recently, oh, and milk run is just generally more expensive. Yeah, so, fair. What about you? I was
1: gonna say frozen berries because I oh, buy frozen berries for like for smoothies and stuff, and they have gone from about five eighty, it's about that or five fifty to six eighty, and I'm like, whoa, guys, what the heck?
0: It's, it's big. <laughs> it's, I think the next one is probably fuel petrol, it hurts. I actually read the Daily Oz um, did a survey the other day that they released um, the results of. So really getting a good gist of how young people are feeling at the moment about where we're at. And 51% 51% of those surveyed said that the increased cost of petrol has meant that they have been driving
1: less. Uh, I am one of those people because I honestly have left my car at home so much more. I'm, like, walking to so many more places. We've been pretty fortunate in Melbourne that it hasn't been raining as much, so I've been using my feet. But, like, you do think <laughs> about it a lot more.
0: I think the other side of that um, with rising cost of fuel and oil and gas is our electricity bills. We have had a conversation in our household because we got a $500 electricity bill. Yeah,
1: yeah, Sasha! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't make her feel worse about Very it. Very trigger heavy
0: today, Sasha. I don't know how I feel about it.
1: Um, so how did that conversation go? Uh, it said
0: <laughs> we need to turn the heating from continuous comfort to off. Okay, so <laughs> not coming over to Put less. on a jumper. <laughs> You sound like my (laughs) mum. It wasn't me. I was told that. Trust me, I was on the continuous comfort stage. (laughs) I guess in summary,
1: though, everything is getting more expensive. I don't know if my wage is particularly covering
0: those expensive items, but we're feeling a pinch. I think the one other thing that is worth touching on, which doesn't affect the two of us at the moment, but it's definitely the impact of rising interest rates on home loans. There was a great Equitymates post the other day that talked about how the RBA raised interest rates by 50 percent basis points to 1.85% is now where we're sitting at. And for the average mortgage, which is around $600,000, this adds more than $600 a month to their mortgage. And then for households with a $1 million loan, keeping in mind that the median in Sydney is about $1.26 million, It adds more than $900 a month. So these rising interest rates are having a huge impact on the average person's hip pocket. And I was actually
1: speaking to someone about this the other day about people that were buying houses over COVID when interest rates were really low. And, you know, the RBA was saying that they're not going to raise interest rates for a couple of years. So there's so much sentiment in the papers at the moment about people being so angry about the fact that there's been such a quick turnaround in, and a hike of interest rates because you're not, you know, financially prepared necessarily, which is having a big impact on people.
0: Yeah. So that's sort of technically what it means and what the implications are. Fortunately, we're not in a recession right now, but I guess if we were to enter one, how would you feel Soph? I think I would feel the same as I probably feel right now. I'm
1: feeling the pinch with inflation. I'm feeling with the things with the supermarket and the fuel and wages, etc. Personally, for me, I feel like it's just a technical term. It's just a part of the economy. It comes and goes. We've never really lived through a recession in our adult lives, but it happens. So I think I'd just be feeling like I've got to be a little bit more cautious with my money as I'm feeling right now. How would you feel?
0: I think I definitely feel a bit more uncertain. I think definitely over the last couple of years... We at our age have been very fortunate with the job market. It's been relatively easy to find a job, to move jobs because of where the job market has been at.
1: And also like people have started their own businesses with yeah. COVID and like low interest into- rates
0: have been really beneficial for like that sort of entrepreneurship and startup world. Yeah. To be honest, I think trying to put that uncertainty aside, I do feel a sense of opportunity when it comes to investing because It's going to be a period where the stock market is lower than it has been for the last few years since I've been investing. And that's a great time to get in if you are in a position to be able to do so. I think that's a good segue then. What does a recession mean for the stock market? The first one that comes to mind is definitely changes in consumer behavior. So we talked about how we're feeling the pinch at the supermarket. It maybe means that we as consumers are going to be spending less on discretionary items, i.e. the things that are non-essentials. So That has a flow and effect to businesses because if consumers are buying less of their products, then their sales are going to be hurt.
1: Well, we talked about that last week, right? When we spoke about Lululemon, and we said that you know the tights are quite expensive, and so during a time like this, maybe people might not be buying them. That affects the company's profits. I guess that's the way to think about it.
0: Yeah, and then the flow-on effect of that. So we start to see changes in business behavior. So, so if, if you're not buying your Lululemon leggings, then Lululemon isn't going to be producing as many. They're going to be maybe slowing the opening of stores that they're going for.
1: So then that obviously leads to impact on the labor market as well. They're not opening as many stores, not hiring as many people, it's kind of those flow on effects.
0: It's a cycle which basically means that the share prices of our stocks are not gonna grow as much and in fact might even decline.
1: So question, personal question, do you have any losses in your portfolio at the moment?
0: Absolutely. Yes. If anyone doesn't,
1: (laughs) please hit me up. Please talk to me. We our contact details are
0: (laughs) that leads us nicely though to a listener question that we got, which is how exactly does an investment portfolio recover after a loss? Well, firstly,
1: I'll say not financial advice, but I think if you think about it in the sense that if you don't sell your stocks, then it's technically not a loss. You only lose money if you do sell. And I think the recovery, for example, that I saw over COVID, because I had started investing before COVID, I saw a big drop in my portfolio. There was a lot of red. (laughs) It was not happy days. (laughs) But it came back up afterwards. And because I didn't sell anything, I didn't technically lose anything.
0: Yeah. So I think the point here is that when the stock market falls, that means most stocks on the stock market will have lost value. And since, you know, hopefully we all have diversified portfolios, generally that means that the value of our portfolios are going to go down too. But I think this is one of the most important things to understand about investing is that if you leave your money invested and the markets go back up, a.k.a. the value of the stocks rise again then the value of your investment goes back up too. And I
1: think this is where the psychological thing comes into it, right? When you first decide to invest, you need to be comfortable with that volatility and understand that if you've got time on your side, that you can hold it and hopefully it'll go up in the long term.
0: That is why we talk about our approach to investing as being regular and long term in our timeframes.
1: Now, Maddie, I know that you have a new segment for us coming up, but maybe we'll take a quick break for our sponsors and then we'll be right back to hear a surprise that you've got for us. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" refreshed from our
0: break (laughs) i don't know why i went english then but it sounded posh Right, into a new segment for us, bringing to you the lowdown. Ooh, what's this? Hey, hey, hey,
1: um, what's happening?
0: We are bringing the recession idea together with actual news stories. Okay. The headline reads, Supermarket Profits to Benefit from Soaring Food Inflation. So the article is about accelerating food price inflation being positive for supermarket profits because grocery chains have the power to pass on rising costs to consumers who are battling a loss of confidence. Basically. Kind of like what we saw during COVID. So what are you trying to tell me? So aggressive. (laughs) What's the, what? why do we care? So let's start with the beginning. They're saying that big grocery chains, aka your Woolworths, your Coles, because we're all getting used to the fact that costs are rising with inflation, they might actually be able to add a little bit more onto the cost and take home some more profits on their end. So they're kind of tricking us, like their costs aren't actually rising,
1: but they're charging us more?
0: Well, I think their costs are rising, but they're adding more on. So gotcha. if your local coffee shop, for example, finds out that the cost is rising, so they need to put up their prices to let's say five dollars fifty a cup, well, why not move it to five seventy instead of five fifty? And then they get to take home an extra twenty cents a cup. And then there's
1: that sentiment with consumers now that it's like, Oh yeah, of course that's going up. I expected this. They're kind of more willing to like take it on
0: exactly so I guess putting our investing hat on where we think about yes we currently with inflation are feeling the pain of prices rising and that is an unfortunate thing but I guess trying to think about where's the opportunity in this
1: how much is your mocha costing you
0: (laughs) Sophie has such a thing with me ordering mockers that I'm really like, I don't know how I feel about this thing on the
1: podcast. I think it's because there's a TikTok of a girl and it's like, she's ordering a coffee in Melbourne and like, you know how we say like Melbourne people are snobs about coffee and the girl's like, um, I'll just have a mocha. The bartender's like, oh, a what? Do you want to say it a bit louder? She's like, "Uh, a mocha. (laughs)
0: the other day my housemate's friend dropped us coffees, and I was like oh can I have a mocker?" and apparently the friend was like a what (laughs) um so investor hats on supermarkets are being
1: smart using this to their advantage and trying to make some more cash at the moment
0: exactly I think the other benefit for supermarkets is where people are spending less on discretionary so for example restaurants going out to eat and drink they might be buying more from the supermarket to eat at home so that's a kick for them as well so so, what's your positive takeaway from this story?
1: What I'm getting from you Mads is that there is an opportunity with some of the companies that we are interacting with day to day. We are shopping at the supermarket. We're feeling the pinch, but maybe they're seeing some benefit from us feeling the pinch. Very good. And what story have
0: you got for me today?
1: Domino's pizza delivery driver shortage is so bad that 40% of stores are utilizing call centers.
0: Wow. Yes, how Tell interesting. Me. What is this story?
1: <laughs> so, Domino's has been struggling a lot over the past year trying to find delivery drivers.
0: By the way, for those who didn't know, Domino's is listed on the New York Stock Exchange. What's the ticker? DPZ. Oh, that's a fun ticker. So, Why is DPZ fun? Let's unpack that.
1: I know this sounds really weird, but Zed's a really fun letter for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you get that? Do you feel that?
1: Yep. Okay. So anyway, fun ticker, but they're not having a fun time trying to find delivery drivers because they've had the Omicron wave that's losing drivers, but then they've also had more people at home ordering take-home food because they can't go out and about, so they need more deliveries. It's kind of created this whole mess, I guess, for the company not being able to try and find people.
0: Well, I was going to say, I can imagine that that would have quite an impact on customers. I remember when I used to work in hospitality and on a busy night, especially, you know, all it takes is one person to call in sick. And all of a sudden, it's such a struggle running from phone to finding people at the door trying to get to their seats, taking people's orders and bringing drinks. And then when all of that's slower, it's like, just slows down the whole cycle of the whole back. Can you tell I'm traumatized? There's
1: actually nothing worse than when you're working in hospitality and you have a really slow day though. Like I remember used to working in the summer and you'd be like, can this day just hurry up? You Uh, make a very good point. So what I love about this story is that Domino's has completely pivoted, even though I hate that word, (laughs) but they have to using call centers so that delivery drivers and people making the pizzas can stick to their actual jobs rather than having to worry about the phones. And I think as an investor, I'm, like that's really cool that the company has been able to do that in a really short period of time, and I think the broader learning is look for innovation at a time like this.
0: Yeah, I guess it's interesting to see how companies are able to react and find opportunities in an environment that is otherwise presenting a lot of challenges for them.
1: Do you know if there's any other public pizza companies, or is like Domino's the only one?
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Another question: <laughs> If there was, if there, there was a food that you loved. Like, which company would you want to be public?
0: Oh, this is such a good question. I feel too much pressure. What's yours?
1: Probably like Peter Pippo Ice yeah, Cream. Yeah, am Obsessed. Yum. I would buy into that.
0: A pasta company? A fresh pasta?
1: Anyway, we've digressed. But K-Learning, look for companies that are being innovative because if they can get through these times, I'm sure that they would be able to strive in others.
0: Well, that almost brings us to the end of today's episode, but (laughs) (laughs) thank
1: you, Sasha. It's like an
0: achievement. (laughs) If you're still listening, claps for you. The TikTok, it's like like a reward. haven't seen that TikTok. Damn it. It's the worst. (laughs) To round out recommendations, what have you got for me this week?
1: These are both recession related because I was doing research for this and I found two good resources. The first is Planet Money. They do a quick episode on two recession indicators. A podcast. A podcast. um, Very easy to understand. I enjoyed it. The second is a article from the Harvard Business Review, which is called How to Survive a Recession and Thrive Afterwards. It breaks it all down in layman's terms, has some really good graphs. So we'll link both those in the show notes. What are yours?
0: Mine is also a recession-related one. Uh, Get Started Investing, another podcast in the Equity Bates Network, also did a recession 101 episode. So if you're keen to hear their perspective on it, head across to Get Started Investing. There is also an AFR article that I will link in the show notes, headline, World's Biggest Yacht Stranded as City Turns on Jeff Bezos look at us recommending articles like we've come a long way who are we (laughs) that brings us to the end of today's episode as always if you enjoyed it please send it to a friend we really appreciate it and we would love to be able to get into more ears come and follow us on instagram at yigc podcast you can slide into
1: our dms if you'd like to (laughs) anytime
0: our dms are open so is our facebook group yigc investing podcast discussion group i think that is all otherwise you'll hear from us next week. Catch you then. Bye. You're in good company is a product of Equity Equitymates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Your In Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.